welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We tune in every week just to spotlight one of our Illinois Baptist women, just like you, just like me, just ordinary women serving an extraordinary God, just helping us to realize that sometimes it's our everyday life that God has ordained appointments already on our calendars for us to show up to. And and hopefully what you hear on the podcast just just encourages you a little bit, maybe affirms some things God's doing in your life. And most importantly, I say we're like a Pinterest board, right? We just put other people's stories out front to make you realize, oh, I thought it was just me. And you can see similar similarities to your stories in theirs. So so today I have a friend of mine, Miss Leah Honan with us. Leah, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I am good. I'm good. Ladies, Leah is like a, a daughter to me, like a friend, like a sister, just name all the above. I get the privilege of working with her now. Um, some of you guys know her, but um, Leah, take a few minutes and just introduce yourself to the ladies. Okay. My name is Leah. Obviously, I'm 31. I've got a husband and my son, Owen. And my husband is John, and we live in Jacksonville. And our story has been kind of pretty neat because I think for us, for me in particular, we've always, I've always had this like longing to think I'm going to go somewhere, go somewhere big or whatever, but God's kept us in, in our town, in our location, near family, near our home church that I grew up in. And it's been a beautiful thing so far. So I work at the Illinois Baptist State Association. Like Carmen said, I work in the communications department. So I'm copy editor for different, pub- for our publications. And I'm also the administrative assistant trying to keep our office running smoothly. Um, I know you grew up in church. Um, I know when you left for college, part of your story says, not that you wondered, but you were, you were searching, you were searching. And then um, I know it's a special story, how God brought you and John together, you know, how he connected you and opened your eyes that this is your husband, you know, right here, right here in front of you. Um, something you said, though, is like you always thought you wanted to go somewhere, go places. And um, I think a lot of women resonate with that or have resonated with that. And you said, but God's got me right here at home. Um, I was talking to somebody just last week that said, um, um, you know, God has had me travel the world, but he's Mm -hmm. left me right here at home. And I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. Um, How much of a struggle is that for women, especially young women? Oh, I think that can be a very hard struggle. The longing to think that you've got, you know, these grand plans and um, realizing that they just may not be where God has you. Um, And it's not even that I had huge plans or that John and I together had huge plans outside of our space. We just thought that um, in the process of things that his job would eventually take us away from this area, from this location. And we thought we would be closer to like a city and be able to be involved in that type of life. And we are, I mean, Springfield is a city, but it's not it's not a city city, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's been a part of our story is realizing and recognizing how God has ordained our family to be where we are in our time. It was a process. We've we've had our frustrations through it um, over time. And I mean, we've been married for seven years this November. So this whole time, really, uh, up until the last year or two, we have, we really thought we were going away. We thought his job would take us away and and we would be transplanted and find a whole new community and a whole new people to be with church whatever all of those things 
that would be just ours and separate from our families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out that I've become more, I've become closer to my family than I thought I would be. I've become so grateful that they are here. And a few years ago, I struggled with being so physically near, but I'm so, so thankful that we are in our space, in our place right now. That's um, great. That's great. Your space, your place. That That's good. I think a lot of people can resonate when you said you wanted not just to leave to be leaving, but you wanted your people, your place. And now to come all the way, you know, come bring it full circle to say, it feels good. You're so thankful to be in your place, in your your space, your place, whatever you said. You know, I think you bring up an interesting concept because that would be true for a lot of our listeners that they're in their home churches. And mm-hmm. um, so they've got generations, still grandparents going there and moms going there, you know, dads going there, siblings going there. But now they're this young adult. And, yes. and they it's not that they don't want to be family, but part of them, they they kind of want their own circles. They want their own life. And that can be hard with those, inner, especially smaller churches. And we know we have a lot of smaller churches across the state. Um, um, what tip would you give to somebody, Leah? Because obviously you have found your, your, your niche there. Yeah, I know it's not necessarily what people want to hear, but I think the tip I have would be to be patient, to wait on God with those decisions. Because there were, there were multiple times uh, in our lives, in our marriage together that John and I have, we thought we needed to pursue something. And so we, we checked it out, but we didn't pursue it enough to make those, you know, we didn't choose to just run and go after it. And that was a very wise choice for us. And I think that that's something that you think there are, there are stories. People have stories where their lives can change really quickly and it can move very fast. And that can be very good for them. But for us, in my experience, it's been wait for God to be clear. Yeah, that, that's wise. That's wise. Ladies, if you're listening, you know, we do a lot of training. We do a lot of equipping under that Illinois Baptist umbrella. And as Leah's talking, my mind's going, you know, this is where assessments and stuff can come in handy. You know, like when you're learning about how God designed you and how you tick. And I'm specifically thinking of like spiritual gifts assessments right now, why it's so important to take them and keep those updated. Because as we grow, we has nothing really to do with an age, but especially if you find yourself in shoes like Leah, like you're still in the same church you grew up in, but you're not the same, but you are, but you're not. And I think spiritual gifts can offer you guidance sometimes because you can see how God is manifesting himself through you or in you to, to manifest himself through you for the local church that can start to help you see where your um, spot is in the, or your places, as Leah said, in a church. So again, those are common things that we do. So if you're not connected with us, get connected. You can find us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Follow us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women, or definitely come to our website at ibsa.org backslash women and check out some of those resources. We want to walk this with you. I was on the phone this morning, Leah, with, with a couple of phone calls and it all circles back to that woman leader, you know, saying, hmm, how do I how do I help take that next step? We don't tell them what it is, but obviously God's leading them. And sometimes it's just so comforting to know that there's people that can walk that with you. Maybe just to ask a hard question, offer a word of encouragement. And, and, and that, that's the community. And Leah, you've been a fan of the community. Yes, you work for IBSA and you work on the communication side. So you you see a different perspective of the community because you help to tell the story for the purpose of connecting folks, but in not IBSA terms, take off your IBSA hat for a minute, right? But just be Leah. Why, why is, why is the community valuable to you as a young woman disciple of Christ and a young woman leader? 
I don't know that I can really explain the value that it is to have the community of like-minded women pursuing Christ in your daily life. So I said, I have my son, my son, Owen, he's two. And until recently, I honestly didn't realize how much I struggled with his baby stages. He thrived and I th- and we were doing well, but I was very in my head about a lot of things. And I very anxious. And I'm just, I'm coming out of that in this year. And and a lot of it, yes, the pandemic hit. All of that happened when he was very young still. He wasn't even one year old. But I didn't realize the anxiety that I was living in until recently. And, and I feel free from it, free, you know, slowly little bits, feeling better from it. Because I found very wise, uh, very sweet friends who I can lean on and shoot a silly text to or a text and say, you know, just simple things, but they know exactly what I mean, you know, whenever I share it. And then they can speak into it. It's not like the general mom culture, young mom culture that's out there where they just laugh off how frustrated they are with life and move on. No, these women that I have come to love and cherish, they will come back and say, they'll share, you know, hey, I'm praying for you. And even in that, that's just a reminder. Okay, God, I need to be praying in this moment too. How can my attitude change even though we're laughing about something that is common to every mother that's ever lived, you know? So as a young mom, especially in this moment, it has been so encouraging to me to have others that can come around me and encourage me in that. And then also as a person in the church and in my, I've come to grow and love my church again as an adult that I grew up in from the age of like 12. It's wonderful to have people that I can look to, other couples, other women that I can look to and say, I know their story because I've been here but I know their story as much as I could have as a child. And now to see them as an adult and understand the value of their faith through their struggles is huge. That's good. That's, that's good. Leah, there's so many ways I could go. And based on what you just said, that just because I know a little bit of your story, to think, oh, give an example here, Leah, give an example here. Um, I was listening to Fred Luter preach yesterday and he'd say, you know, um, He'd call different stories from the Bible and said, you know, the woman at the well wants to testify and the leper, the leper says, don't leave me out. And, he, and he's literally, he was so creative the way he was telling the stories as their testimonies to bring him to life. And that's you. There's so many parts I could say, Leah, tell this part of your story, tell this part of your story, all because it testifies directly back to the glory of God and just how he's never left you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. And at 31, you're so grounded in your faith because look how transparent. You're so authentic with us to share. You know, this is this are some of my struggles, some of my struggles, right? We all have struggles and plural struggles. And those we're always going to. We live in a broken, cursed world. But for today, I think I want to go a certain direction. You, you referenced Precious Owen. And he's two years old. And you, you, you know, you reference him. Here's some of my mommy moments and some of my struggles in the mommy moments. I'd like for you to go back pre mommy moments when you were just dreaming and praying about being that mommy so that all these mommy moments could could be on your radar. And I know that um, you and John struggled with infertility and that was a journey. That was a that was a hard journey for you guys. And you did a lot of research and porn out and you've even you've even blogged about that. Tell us a little bit about that part of your journey, if you don't mind. For frame of reference, like I said, we've been married seven years in November. So we got married in 2014 and we just, you know, we decided <laughs> in our own way, like, oh, we'll take a couple of years to ourselves. And I do, I, I stand by that still. I'm so glad we didn't have the pressure of other things in our minds at that time. 
to cherish our marriage and get to know each other on this level. And actually, I'll go a little further back just to explain. Also, my husband and I have known each other since we were in junior high, since eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. We were very, became very close friends in high school and only friends and dated different people and went through college uh, separate. And then at the end of college, we finally (laughs) couldn't ignore each other, I suppose. We got to a point where it's like, okay, this person is right here and he knows me better than any human being at the time could and in so many ways. And so God brought us together in a really neat story there. So John knows me, but when we started our marriage, we wanted to take time to get to know each other as we lived together first and as we did our daily lives together in the same home. I was getting anxious and we, so we started trying in, in about 2016, uh, intently trying to, to have kids, to start a family that way. And it didn't work. I didn't, I didn't want to stress myself. So we didn't do like population kits and things like that yet, but we were, I was researching a ton of things, even though I didn't want to stress myself out. Uh, so we did a year and we spoke with my doctor and, um, we knew something wasn't right just because it hadn't happened yet. We spoke with my gynecologist and she had me go through a few rounds of treatment with her, which would be um, Clomid. So that was a pill I would take to help set my ovulation at a certain time of the month. And then you're supposed to time everything, your, your time with your husband. And that didn't work still. So we did that for about five or six months. And then she went ahead and said, I've done about as much as I can with you. So I'm going to refer you to a specialist. Um, So we went to a specialist and that was a big decision for us. John very much wanted to go the traditional like infertility clinic type of route. We went to a specialist and worked with him. I'm trying to think of how long we worked with them, but we did, we went through multiple cycles with medicine that I would take. And then we did a few cycles where uh, he would have me do a shot, I would give myself a shot, and we were trying to time ourselves properly. And it was a, it was just a hard season in that way. We got to a point in 2018 that we, we realized that the, our doctor, he said that um, I would need surgery to look into, because we found um, in different, you know, through this whole time, they scan you different times. And so they had found a, what they, I think they called it a uterine polyp. It wasn't anything like, nothing like cancerous or anything, but it was still something of a concern that was possibly blocking our abilities to conceive and to have a baby, actually, to, to have a baby actually implant in my uterus. So we looked into that and we were about to have surgery. So we stopped my shots treatment. But yeah, so we stopped that. And this is a month that we had happened to still do the, the beginning. So we had done Clomid with shots at this time. And so I had taken the Clomid because it's an earlier in the month in the cycle process. And then the shots would have been more exact for it. So we didn't do the, I didn't give myself shots that month. And in, in preparation for this surgery that I was supposed to have. And then, <laughs> praise God, two weeks later, we found out that I was pregnant. It was such a surprise. You know, people say, oh, you relaxed. Oh, you did this. Oh, you didn't do that. You know, this was the world I was living in. It was so constant, like advice. People give advice whether you want it or not. In this time of our lives, I was really struggling with accepting that advice graciously because it's such a sensitive area. And realize how painful it can be even to ask a woman, oh, when do you plan to have kids? 
or, oh, why aren't you and your husband, why don't you have one yet? You know, these things, they, they may seem flippant and they are kind of at times, but those questions really weighed on me. But yeah, we got pregnant in September of 2018, unexpectedly, unplanned. I was supposed to have surgery to look into my, mm-hmm. my body and see what was going on. So we had a couple more appointments with that doctor to, to scan it, to have ultrasounds and make sure that everything was going along as it should. And I actually, and uh, part of that was also because we, I, I overlooked in our, in this talk just now that we we did um, have a miscarriage. We lost a baby in 2017 in December. And that was an early, it was at seven weeks. It was very early. The baby didn't implant properly. Um, My doctor thought it was uh, but that the baby had implanted in my fallopian tubes instead of in my uterus. So I overlooked that partially because I think that's God protecting me sometimes from my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. That baby's in my heart. That baby also helped us learn how to cope with some things as well. So it's really not Owen, but we never named our first because it was so early on. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. But so we got pregnant and this pregnancy stuck. And that was my focus the whole time through the pregnancy. It's God, please just let us stay healthy, let this baby stick. Owen was born in May, uh, May 31st of 2019, and he is the sweetest little boy, which I know everybody's their kid, but he's a sweetheart and so thoughtful and loving, and he's getting to a point where he's putting sentences together right now, so he said, like when I dropped him off today, he said, see you later, mommy, you know, so <laughs> those, are, those are precious moments to me. To the writer editor, I'm sure that you look for sentence structure different than a Carmen would. So that I'm sure that is a big thrill to you. It's a thrill, right? But that's that's good. That's good. He is a cute. He's sweet as he can be. And you're doing such a good job parenting. I don't know what bad parenting would look like. I mean, I do, but I'm just saying. I just say that to encourage you. It's fun to watch you. You're enjoying you and John both. You're enjoying being parents. And you're being intentional with it. So that that's fantastic. That's good. That's good. Leah, um, before we end our time, I appreciate you sharing the sensitive part of the story. But you said something I didn't expect you to say. Not that I was watching for it. But I think it was key because um, I think, let me just be honest, it spoke to me when you said it's not that you purposely left out talking about the miscarriage. And you said that you, you thought, I'm trying to remember your exact words, and you may remember them, that God was protecting your mind. Um, yeah. Do you remember saying that? Go back and share it because that just really struck a nerve with me that I'm in mean, a good nerve that I'm like, you know what, that's affirming into my own life. And I think that's something that could affirm some other women too and encourage them a little bit. Yes. I just think honestly to, I remember that baby every day, have a little box of things that was, you know, the positive pregnancy test from that pregnancy. I have um, the way I had, I had painted an ornament and I was going to share that with my family once at Christmas that year. And so I remember that baby in my heart. Mm-hmm. And if I was to live in that memory all the time, it would be crippling. And so mm-hmm. I think it's whenever I share our story, sometimes <clears throat> I do share about that baby because it is, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking moment, um, especially after all the seems like extra work, you know, that we felt like we had to yeah, put in yeah. to get as far as a pregnancy. So for that to be our first experience of, yeah. of having positive pregnancy test and then losing that baby. Right now in my life, it's a matter of, I know that baby is praising Jesus in a way I never, I can't right now. And that's wonderful. But if I remember that baby in my daily life constantly, then I'm, I just wouldn't be functioning. So, and life with Owen, life with John, work life, all these things, he helps me to 
prioritize those moments so that I can have those private private moments of grief when they hit. Mm -hmm. That's good. And ladies, Leah, thanks for repeating that. Ladies, ladies, listen to that. I'm 31 years old, lived enough life that she's really starting to embrace and truly understand God's sovereignty. I can trust him with it all, but we're in a fallen world that the emotions are real. The struggles are real. Things as strong as anxiety. Some of you guys may be struggling with anxiety, depression. Some of you guys may be hearing part of this story and realizing, you know what, Leah used the word grief. And realizing that maybe you've never grieved a lost child, um, you know, whether that was a miscarriage, you know, in early, you know, early phases of a pregnancy or after a child was born. Maybe you're realizing that. And definitely grief is a journey, girls. It's something we've got to be intentional and walk through or you're going to miss the life that God has planned for you to live right now. And that's what I hear Leah saying. She's she's living in the present. She's not forgotten this child. Um, this child is very much part of her thoughts. But this child God took home and this child is, you know, he, she is living with Christ. And even though there's that mystery, our minds, our earthly minds can't comprehend by faith. We believe it. And when we put our faith there and we focus on God, we still have to live this life that he's got us walking in. And as hard as that can get, girls, if we're not intentional, it's going to pass us by. And we will stand before Christ and have to give an answer for how we stewarded, um, in Leah's case, her marriage you know, her opportunity to be a parent, you know, the pregnancy that she did carry to term that was God's design, no mistake, right to God to God's design. So if you're finding yourself in part of that story and thinking, man, I've just not, I've not, I've not wrestled that out in my own mind. Maybe you've had experience. You don't have to do it alone. That's what we keep saying. You know, that's the community reach out. My contact information is in the episode notes, reach out. The other thing I want to do is I want to share Leah's contact information. I'll share her IBSA email address, but I also, we're going to put a link in there because Leah did a lot of writing as she journeyed through the infertility struggles. And so she had an active blog going for a while and she's going to activate that so that that those writings and those notes and, you know, her own research, but her own struggles, you know, with it, just her, her being willing to be transparent raw during a season that she was actually walking it. We're going to share that out with you. She's going to make that available for you. So look for the con, you know, the contact information in our episode notes to be able to access that. But realize too, Leah's a live person. She's an Illinois Baptist woman that's willing to journey with you. So also remember she's on this side of it. So she may be a few steps ahead, willing, obviously to share her story, to leverage it for the glory of God. And we glorify God when we disciple each other, when we support each other. So, so take, take advantage of that, ladies, if you find yourself in that portion of the story. And, and Leah, I could talk all day, friend. I love you. I love um, who you are. I love watching God just continue just to, to develop. Um, I'm, as I'm recording this, there's a butterfly outside my window, and I just keep thinking, <laughs> God, it just seems to be the season of butterflies. It seems like I've seen many more butterflies this season than I typically do. And I take that girls as God, he just speaks to me sometimes and shows up and a butterfly is one of those moments. And I just think God's doing something new. And it's not just in my life, ladies. It's not just in Leah's life. It's in your life because every day has been ordained for us ordinary women to serve this extraordinary God, to make him known and glorify him in such a broken world that desperately needs hope, desperately needs hope. Leah, as we close out, I am so grateful for you. But say say a last word just to encourage the ladies across our state. Be Leah. I know who you are. You encourage me all the time. Encourage our friends. Oh, I don't know. Maybe can I just uh, encourage our friends with a prayer? Yeah, I- yes, that'd be super. Okay. 
Dear God, I thank you so much for my friend, Carmen, for this woman who came into my life at a time that I didn't expect. And it's been a wonderful journey so far, and I can't wait to see where he takes us. But God, I just pray for these women in our state. Um, and even the women outside of our state, if they're listening, that's wonderful, Lord. We just, we pray that that you use our stories to glorify your name and that you can connect us in the ways that we couldn't have foreseen otherwise. We thank you so much for this opportunity, and this has been a joy. We love you and praise you, God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Leo. Thank you. All right. Um, I just want to tell you, have a great rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Fall weather is here. So lean into it. Enjoy. Invite somebody in to introduce them to Jesus. And I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.